0: What's What's up, up, ladies? ladies? Welcome to The Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an Urban Christian Woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live.
1: On this podcast, we will excavate God's Word. And have great conversation about books of the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian
0: Woman podcast. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman What's up, ladies? Hey, welcome back. Welcome back, ladies. We're so happy to be here with you today. We are going to be digging into Luke 5 and Mm -hmm. 6. And before we get this party started, um, just digging into the text, we really want to share with you all that. We are tweaking how we are communicating. We are learners. We are learners um, and we are tweaking as we go to ensure that women are being able to follow along um, with the text, with the companion guide, and along with us. Mm-hmm. And so in our time of just trying to evaluate and reevaluate how how to best communicate um, these chapters, we are making just a little bit of tweaking. So, Leah, tell us about
1: these tweaks. Yeah. So, up until this point, we've kind of been going through the look element, um, observation in the passage, and then going back through the passages in the listen element, and then going back through the passage in the live element. And what we found is that like that is probably not the most helpful flow for um, the listeners. So what we're actually going to do is as we go through the look element and as we observe and sort of outline the passage, we're going to, as we go, engage in the listening element as well, just um, verse by verse, passage by passage as it's outlined. And then at the end, we can sort of take the 30,000 foot view of what is the response, how do we live in response of that? And so our hope is that as we sort of flow that way, Mm -hmm. that it's um, more clear for you all to follow along Mm -hmm. and that it parallels even better the
0: companion guide that you're following along with. Mm -hmm. So that being said, we're bridging the look and listen together in our conversations today by chapter. And then uh, we're going to talk about this, how we live, Mm -hmm. right? So- Um, In light of that, let's just go back and review uh, what we have seen so far. In chapters one and two, we see prophecy of Old Testament coming through Jesus and by way of John in their births. Um, In chapters three and four, we see the proclaimed fulfillment of Old Testament law through Jesus. And then in chapters five and six, uh, we we are going to see the practice of Jesus' work through the calling of the disciples, his healing ministry, and commissioning of the disciples. So we're going to see these things in the chapter, um, in these two chapters today. And uh, we're, we're, as we move ahead, as we're talking about the practice of Jesus' work, we're going to begin to see the flushing out of the ways mm-hmm. of the kingdom. And so the first way of the kingdom is a call, a call for sinners to repentance by faith. Mm-hmm. And we see this in chapter 5 and 6 over and over again as he does uh, these miracles and um, as he um, is doing healing work mm-hmm. and the commissioning um, and calling these disciples. Right. So, so as we go through, um, just be listening
1: for that to come up. Be tuning your hearts to sort of that reoccurring theme, that reoccurring element as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's jump into who are the key players. Yeah, who are they, Leah? In Luke five and six, tell us. So girl. we have um, obviously Jesus is. At the center of it all. Jesus is At the
0: center of it all.
1: That was that was for free. <laughs> um, then we see the first disciples, Simon Peter, James, and John. We see the role of the outcast represented in the leper, the paralytic, um, in, in Levi, who's also called as a disciple, but is considered an outcast, an outsider. And mm-hmm. so we'll we'll kind of dig into that a little right. more. And then this category of the religious, the scribes and the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And so that's who we see sort of popping up in chapter five. In chapter six, our key players again, Jesus, uh, the 12 apostles. Yes. Simon, Peter, again, James, John, Andrew, mm-hmm. Matthew, Thomas, another James. Another James. Another Simon. Another Simon. Judas and another Judas. Come on now. Then we see the Pharisees and the man with the withered hand.
0: Mm-hmm. So those
1: are our players. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the field. Yeah, when is this taking place, Leah? So this is right after Jesus has preached in the synagogues of Judea. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of on the road a little bit. Um, It's taking place in Galilee and the surrounding cities. So we see him sort of uh, moving about in this way. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, what we see in 5 and 6, as far as the why is Christ heals with power from God to demonstrate that he preaches with authority from God and to convince us that he is the son of God. Mm -hmm. So it's really Mm -hmm. this, like, Jesus is, his action and his ministry, his outward sort of um, demonstrations are always to point it back to from whom he comes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that because of the fact that he comes from God, we are called to put our faith in him to become right with God.
0: Right, and we see right this um verbiage come real become very familiar of one of his um his names is repeated over and over mm-hmm. again we're going to see it in 5 and 6 we're going to see it um in 7 and 8 and we're going to just keep hearing this 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 term the son of man mm-hmm. the son of man the son of man because he is affirming his um th- his humanity and he is affirming his authority um, in tandem with being the son of God. So some of the themes that we see in chapter five is Jesus builds his A-team from the streets. Y'all, he is not um, going into the synagogues and saying, hey, I want to build my A-team right from in the temple. Right. He's not doing that, y'all. He's going to the straight streets and building his A-team, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then we see his authority to heal, his authority to forgive and teach from God in chapter 5. And then another thing uh, that we see is Jesus not calling the righteous but sinners in need of repentance. Those who are righteous need no deliverer because they are seeing themselves as already right. There's mm-hmm. nothing going on with them, mm-hmm. but um, sinners in need of repentance. And then we see, ooh, we I love this. This is like my new oh, favorite yeah. thing. This is your jam. I'm, I'm going to be nerding out quasi, but also just shouting and having a Holy Ghost good time are these <laughs> parables in chapter five. And these parables Are sandwiched between chapters five and six. And the one thing that I want to say about parables just right now as a caveat is when you're looking at parables, shout out to Colleen McFadden from the Simeon Trust, she was articulating how to read parables. Oftentimes we will take these parables just alone by themselves and bring in Mm -hmm. this application. Um, But parables are actually, um, when you're reading parables, you want to look at what is coming before and what is coming after because it is using the story of a parable to point to the truth of what is being uh, centered around it, going on around it. So we see that um, sandwich the parables between five and six. And then we get to chapter six and um, we see uh, some of the, the themes of uh, miracles are meant to be, uh, meant to demonstrate Jesus' authority as God and his authority over the body. Yeah. Okay? That's gonna be huge, y'all. Ooh, it sure is, honey. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and and so we see his authority um, as God and his authority over the body. And then we see um, another key thing being the Sabbath reordering. Mm-hmm. Ooh, he is mm-hmm. reordering the Sabbath. And then the divine care for the poor versus the dangers of riches yeah. okay the divine yeah. care for the poor and we'll see this through um a portion of the beatitudes Luke does not go in in depth with uh the sermon on the mount he is flushing out these 3 uh, these these components of characters uh, characteristics for his disciples and equipping them on who they are to be, and so there's this divine care for the poor versus the dangers of the re- riches. That's good. That's real good.
1: So we're gonna see that. Um... All sort of coming out in these next two chapters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I also want to sort of track back to what you said about the son of man because that is a repeated word. Mm-hmm. We see that um in chapter five, mm-hmm. in verse 24, mm-hmm. but you know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus refers to him again, refers to himself again as the son of man in 6, 5, where he says to them, the son of man is Lord over the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, why does he keep referring to himself as the son of man? There's something there. Wow. When it's a Jesus move, there's always a why behind it. There's always a why. So we had to track it back. Track it back. Where the son of man is referred to, there's a cross-reference that takes you to Daniel 7, mm-hmm. 13 through 14. Mm-hmm. Bridge this thing, girl. So I'm just going to read that passage. Bridge that, read it. Read. Daniel says, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the cloud of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people's nations and language sh- should serve him. Mm-hmm. His dominion is an everlasting dominion Which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Mm. So here's the intentionality behind Jesus referring to himself as the Son of Man. Come on. He knew what we notice is that he's referring to himself as the Son of Man to those of the religious grouping. Mm -hmm. So he knew that they would know this passage from Daniel, he knew that they would be familiar with it. And he was saying, Yo, everything that Daniel was talking about, Mm -hmm. about the son of man who is coming, Mm -hmm. I'm calling myself the son of man. Come on. I am that one. Bars. I am that one who comes with dominion. Mm
0: -hmm. I am
1: that one who is for all people's nations and languages to serve Mm me. I am that one. Mm -hmm. And that's why they kind of were like, wait, what? (laughs) So, Mm. yeah, just... Yeah, given some framework for that, that is super important as we talk about where he even calls himself the Son of Man. We talked about him reordering the Sabbath mm-hmm. and some of those other elements as well. So,
0: right. yeah. Right. Right, right. The key verses that we pulled from chapters 5 and 6 in our time uh, are 5 and 24. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go Home. And so we will we're gonna flush this out a little more, but that is a huge verse, mm-hmm. huge verse as we see the son of man as Leah is uh just talked to us about from Daniel, and it's saying he has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then verse chapter six, verse five: the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath, and then we see in chapter six. Twenty through twenty-four, uh, these identity markers of the heart of a disciple. Um, and
1: what makes those key verses? Like, what exactly is that? That. Why are these the anchors for us in 5 and 6?
0: Yeah, they're the anchors because they are really pointing to um, reiterations from, from the passages mm-hmm. that are around it. Um, we see the authority of God being highlighted over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. We see the Son of Man in, in 6, 5 and 5 and 24 mm-hmm. being articulated. And then we see the, the passages, the verses that are wrapped around in chapter Five and six around these beatitudes, and we see what's happening before, and we see what's happening after. Mm-hmm. That as Jesus has now um, is turning the call of the three disciples to now twelve, mm-hmm. which is a re reor- which is a reordering okay. of the twelve tribes okay. of Israel. Right? Mm-hmm. He's responding to. Listen, I'm gonna bring twelve disciples. Right then what we see is he's now going to equip them Mm -hmm. with what they need. And we're going to talk about this as well, which is going from disciples Mm -hmm. to apostles. Mm -hmm. And disciples were learners. Mm -hmm. Apostles are now being transitioned towards messengers. Mm -hmm. So he's commissioning them, but he's equipping them around all of this. And this is why we are uh, highlighting these three key verses. Mm. Did y'all catch that? Okay. Hey, ladies, we are so grateful to bring you the ministry of the Urban Christian Woman right into your headsets, your airwaves every single week. We have seen God at work through the varying resources of the Urban Christian Woman, be it the blogs, the podcasts, the events held locally in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Currently, we are seeking to reach our giving goal of $1,500 of monthly givers to fuel God's kingdom work in the lives of urban women all across the U.S., So we would ask you to consider giving as little as $5 a month to the work of the Urban Christian Woman and help equip urban women with God's truth for everyday life. You can give right now by going to www.theurbanchristianwoman.com. Thanks in advance for your investment into the lives of urban women. So what's going on in the text, Leah? <laughs> okay, so now
1: we're going into, like, just this play-by-play. We want to walk y'all through Ooh, what's happening. Give us the playbook, And girl. then, yeah, just dig up underneath and say, okay, what's going on there? What's what's some mm-hmm, of the listen element mm-hmm, as well? Mm-hmm. In chapter 5, we look at Jesus calling the first disciples, mm. cleansing a leper, healing <sighs> a paralytic. I'm about to shout. He All calls right. Levi, and we see the grumbling of the Pharisees. Mm. And then in chapter six, we look at Jesus addressing the Sabbath, Him calling the twelve disciples. Him ministering to the multitudes and him teaching and equipping the apostles on these ways of the kingdom, which you just kind of hinted at right there. So we're about to get into that whole thing. <laughs> we're about to get down it's to the nitty gritty.
0: <laughs> the nitty gritty. Okay, so let's look at chapter five and um, let's take this first first look at Jesus calling the first disciples in Luke five chapter in Luke five verses one through eleven. And so we see Jesus calling the first disciples at the lake of Gennesaret. And listen, y'all, keep that in the back of your mind because it's going to pop up again in seven and eight. I'm just gonna tell y'all right now. So keep that in the back of your mind. Okay, spoiler alert. But Jesus is calling the first disciples. They're at Lake Genesaret. He's teaching in Simon's boat. He calls Simon to see and participate in the miracle. And so some of those um, uh, just implications that we see um, from this time are Simon is trying to minimize Jesus's authority over his everyday life. He's trying to what? He's trying to minimize Jesus's authority over his everyday life. And you'll see in these verses, yeah. it's very Break interesting. It we us. see these two things, right? When he's talking to Jesus, he's saying, Master, we've toiled all, mm-hmm. all night doing this. And then after Jesus has done this miracle... Simon is transitioning and he changes from calling him master to Lord Mm -hmm. after Jesus shows his authority over Simon's everyday life, his everyday needs, his everyday work. And then Simon does what? Because he's seen firsthand Mm -hmm. who God is and his authority over everything everything and he's gonna see that unpacked as he walks with Jesus mm-hmm. and so he then calls Simon to follow him and Simon totally is on board he's like yo I I'm, right. I'm here right. for it right. I'm here I for it I love
1: that because Simon he first his first pass with master is like I see you as a teacher right yeah. I see you as the itinerant preacher mm-hmm. going around like dropping mm-hmm. a word mm-hmm. but that transition to calling him Lord is saying mm-hmm. no no you came from
0: God yeah. and I'm submitting myself yeah. to God right now yeah and girl y'all listen girl listen girl okay I'm just gonna call you I'm gonna say girl because it's like you in the (laughs) room with us but listen girl so here's the thing is that what we were just blown away by too is in this language when you're getting in the in the in the crux of Simon's um interaction with Jesus in this way Simon as he's calling him master he's saying listen I I'm a fisherman. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. what fishermen do. You teach. I fish. Come on, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. And Jesus just uh, just rocks his He's whole He's like world. you fish, huh? You fish, huh? <laughs> okay. So Jesus is showing his authority over his everyday life, and then James and John come as well. And in verses uh, in chapter five, verses one through eleven, James and John are also leaving their boat. And what that was signifying is they were leaving their identities and financial security. They were leaving their livelihood. This demonstrates a level of trust and faith filled abandon that they knew being fishers of men meant something profound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we see that in um, chapter five, going through verses one through eleven, and I, I just gotta say, like, there's so
1: much to unpack there. I, I mean, know. people. We know folks that preach entire sermons on just that. On the whole, And so we mm-hmm. just, we literally just tasted the icing on the cake. You got to go
0: back and just soak it in some you just more. You got to go back. There's so much more. Verses 12 through 15 of chapter 5, we see now Jesus cleansing a leper, and the leper falls at Jesus' feet. And the man says if you will. And Jesus responds, I will. Leah, this is your whole jam. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you sort of flesh this out. But we we will see um, in what, what he is trying to communicate through stretching and touching in verses 12 through 15. Jesus is cleansing the leper. He's demonstrating that he has authority to cleanse ritual uncleanness. Right. He holds authority to cleanse spiritual yeah. uncleanness. Yeah. yeah. Because already.
1: Yeah. Because up until this point, um, ritual uncleanness could be transferred from the unclean to the clean. That's right. So Jesus turns that whole thing on his head and he says, no, 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 Mm. the uncleanness is not going to be transferred to the clean in this situation. It
0: will, it will transfer the other way. Y'all hear this? Y'all hear this? He's talking about the holiness of God. Now we're talking about the the, holiness of God. The
1: cleanness then will, will begin to be transferred to the unclean, something that has never happened before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Something that has never Mm. happened before. And that in and of itself is Jesus saying, no, 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 I am someone different. Mm. I have come on the scene from God. And, and what I give to you, I give. This is a one-way street. I give to you. Mm. And so he's He's establishing his authority that not only does he impart to us mm. his cleanness, his holiness, but also he can move wherever he wants to move. Girl, you better come on now. Because no one will pollute his
0: holiness and Ooh. his cleanness. Ooh. Who? Somebody, somebody, please. So we had to unpack that. We had to unpack it. Somebody needs to give us a Hammond organ. I just need somebody <laughs> in these. We need a Hammond. I need an organ in here, or a drummer, or somebody. I don't know. Some. I know y'all waving y'all hands at home. It's a okay. Yep. So, so on that note, we see Jesus cleansing the leper, and the holiness of God is at center stage. Through Jesus' authority to cleanse this leper. And then both healing ministry and withdrawing to solitude are also present here mm-hmm. after Jesus has done this work. Mm-hmm. And so in verses 17 through 26, we then begin to see Jesus healing a paralytic. And he's the the teaching is is to a field house. The paralytic's friends, um, because they are just uh, they see his deep knee. Ooh, that's a whole word. Just your friends bringing you, okay? Mm-hmm. Come on now. The paralytic's friends bring him to be healed, and he begins with pronouncement of forgiveness of sins. This is what Jesus is doing. Jesus is pronouncing, uh, uh, making a pronouncement of forgiveness of sin, and then he heals, and the Pharisees and scribes are skeptical about the first until they see the second. And they're completely filled in awe. So mm-hmm. we we see that in 17 through 26. And then we see Jesus, who is calling Levi to follow him in verses 27 through 32. And Levi is called while sitting at the tax booth. He is, he immediately, as Jesus calls him, he immediately leaves everything. In verses 27 through 28, Jesus is calling Levi, which... Um, we will see in other in the other gospels he, his name is also referred to as Matthew, and um the man leaves everything yeah, even more significant. It's even
1: more significant because he he literally has so much clout uh he has wealth, mm-hmm. it, although it's dishonorable wealth. So, and then that circles back to what we were saying earlier, mm. of like he's considered an outsider. Come on. Come on, because didn't nobody like him? Didn't nobody like? They him. saw him coming around, and they were very skeptical, mm-hmm. um, hostile, and so Amping this up them taxes, and- right? Exactly. Mm. So mm. he, as a wealthy person, stood up and left everything to follow Jesus, and this echoes um, also what we will see later in Luke 18 with the rich young ruler. But in the case of the rich young ruler, he did not respond to the call, and Levi did. Mm, mm, mm. So then he, he he goes and he's like, look, this game changer, everything has changed. He uh, puts on a great feast for Come Jesus, mm-hmm. which for him, that would have been... Coins, mm-hmm. cha-chains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where we see the Pharisees begin to grumble and question the disciples About eating with these outcasts. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that the Pharisees grumbled to the disciples and Jesus responds to the Pharisees. Girl, say that one more time. The Pharisees, they're grumbling at the disciples, and Jesus is like, I'm I'm the one who speaks with authority. So I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond to your hearts.
0: Okay, turn your, turn your efforts and your grumblings mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a whole word. And then in, in verses 33 through 39, we see the Pharisees continue to grumble at Jesus and they question him on fasting, y'all. They question Jesus on fasting. And Jesus foreshadows his death by the time Luke's gospel was written and read. And the readers would have seen it was true. After Jesus died, but before Jesus was resurrected, the disciples did fast. Mm -hmm. And so a parable is told, and this parable is highlighted in um, the verses that come shortly after, um, after this. So that's where we are in chapter five. Leah, let's look at chapter six and listen in on some of those implications from chapter six as well.
1: Yeah, so in chapter six, we're starting with Jesus being Lord over the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. It's a Sabbath day. Um, Jesus is walking through the fields with his disciples and as they go, they're sort of plucking the grain and feeding themselves Mm -hmm. and the Pharisees who are postured and ready question him question them on working to feed themselves on the sabbath mm-hmm. but th- because Jesus he's he knows their hearts he responds with this posture of no i'm going to address the sovereignty of god over the sabbath mm-hmm. so Jesus in this in this passage refers back to what david did mm-hmm. and Jesus is saying that look david he was king and because david was king he had the authority that superseded all these technical laws on the basis of meeting the human need that David was experiencing at the time, right. which was hunger. He right. was he and his men were fleeing from Saul at the time and they didn't have anything to eat. They were hungry. And so he's, he's saying, look, y'all know that David had the authority to meet that basic human need over right. and above the laws of the Sabbath. How much more does the son of David, the Lord of Lords, mm. the ruler over the mm. religious laws, how much more is he does he have authority over the Sabbath? He has the authority to supersede the law and meet mm. the human needs based on his position as God and king. Ooh, and what right. I love is that it's like, this is this is a nuance Girl. of the law, right? Mm. Jesus never, um, I want to, like we we need to remember that Jesus is fulfilling the law, so he's never going to like straight up break it and reverse it. Yeah. But there are all these places where the religious have created these nuances of mm-hmm. how to apply it. They've added to the law. Well, they've added to how it is applied. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, y'all y'all's reach is way off. Mm. What mm. you really need to see is that basic human need, human needs and then, obviously, the bread being, meaning the need, but Jesus is the bread of life, meaning the spiritual need. That's always going to supersede these reaching nuances of how to apply the Sabbath. Mm, mm, mm. So anyway. That's a whole word. Then they go on to continue to question him in this element of healing on the Sabbath mm. in chapter 6, verse 9. And what I love is that, and don't miss this, is that Jesus, he asked the question he asked them, compares or I should say equates not alleviating a parent's suffering as also doing evil mm. or harm. Mm. So he says, look, I mean, he he could do nothing, but he says basically, if I did nothing, that would be doing harm on the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. So then he he heals on the Sabbath without violating the Sabbath. Say that one more time. What does Jesus do? On the Sabbath without violating the Sabbath, which is why I'm like... Jesus is straight beast mode all the time because when we look back in chapter five, come on, and we see in 13 you where Jesus stretches now. out his hand mm-hmm. and touches the leper, mm-hmm. he's doing that. That stretching and touching is, shows up in five and six, mm. but it's different in six because he's like, oh, y'all want me to violate the Sabbath, but I am the law. Mm. Not so I happen. got you. I got you. I'm going to do what I intend to do, what mm-hmm. the will of God is, which is to heal in these spaces. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't violate the Sabbath mm-hmm. to actually expose what is, what is on your heart. Mm-hmm. What is on your heart? So what do you do, girl? What do you so do? So he speaks. Because speaking ain't, ain't ain't breaking the Sabbath. He's like, oh, okay, okay, Ooh. okay. Y'all waiting for me to stretch, to, to move my hand? Physically move my hand? So that you can call me uh, out for violating the Sabbath? No, 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 no. I have the words of authority. So mm. I will speak and I will say, stretch out your hand. And this this man will stretch out his hand. And in that act of faith, he will be healed.
0: Woo-wee, Jesus. That's a whole... Woo. Mm. God is good. Jesus is on the throne. He got all authority, honey. All authority. Girl, talk to us about Jesus calling the apostles yes. in verses 12 through 15. Yes. Talk to us about that. Yes. I love that it begins
1: with this extended time of prayer mm. where he goes away to pray um, all night. And then the 12 are called, and they're called from a vast number. Mm -hmm. And once they're called into sort of this greater commissioning, they're called apostles. And they, like you mentioned before, they are called apostles because they go from just being learners to being those that are given authority from God to teach and equip others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, right? So, I mean, we kind of already unpacked this, but... Um, The 12 is the symbol of reorienting the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. I love the concept of the new 12, which is brought to us in the John Stott commentary, which is just so dope. Yeah,
0: John Stott's commentary on Luke is straight fire. And Um, then again, he's he's selecting his A-team from the outliers, mm -hmm. the lowly, the
1: undervalued. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is who he calls Mm -hmm. and equips and commissions with Mm -hmm. authority to basically spread the spread the word and and create
0: this new this new ordering of the tribes of Israel right which is his church right, which is a whole this is so interesting because just another spoiler alert which is which points to the next way of the kingdom in chapters 7 and 8. And then in um, 20 through 49, Jesus begins to disciple uh, the uh, apostles. He's discipling the disciples, um, and they transition to apostles at this time around the ways of the kingdom, a time of equipping them in verses 20 through 49. So talk to us about... Um, this in, in these verses. I, I love. I love one of the comments. My pastor right now, Pastor Corey, is uh, is preaching. Him along with our other pastors are preaching through um, the book of Matthew and the Beatitudes. But one of the things that he talks about is character preceding conduct. Mm-hmm. And so we see um, these blessings over his disciples around their character. He's trying to tell them there is blessing around the character. What's the internals of the heart? Mm -hmm. And while highlighting at the same time, the ways of the kingdom that are connected to the lowly, the undervalued and the outliers. So Leah, coach us through that.
1: Well, I mean, I think the first thing I want to say is that I really believe that he was speaking to all of his disciples, right? Mm -hmm. There's this level of pulling in the apostles, which just happened. Mm-hmm. But then he turns to um, the disciples, which are all of those that are following his Oh, that is teaching. right. You're right. You're right. And this is what he's saying because he's saying these are the characteristics, again, just like you said, mm-hmm. of those who follow me. Mm-hmm. We have the Beatitudes in 620 through 26 mm-hmm. and the woes. Mm-hmm. And both of those carry these social, cultural in deep spiritual implications, mm-hmm. and so we just want to highlight some of those crossovers. Yeah, um, first, blessed are you who are poor. See, this Greek word, which refers to poor, actually is saying pious poor. So it, there's a level to which it's not just all poor, but the poor who faithfully look to God, those who are made sort of as outliers in the world are centered mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God. And I mean, I, yeah, there's there's so much there that I'm just like, whew, we don't even begin to understand that. Yeah. But there, there is a very clear communication of Jesus elevating and centering those who are worldly poor mm-hmm. and full of faith mm-hmm. because their position and posture in life will, if they have faith, cause them to see and Facts. rely on God on the daily. mm mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: And he goes on to say, blessed are you who are hungry now and weep now, and that is those who fall short of their needs being fulfilled in this life. Mm -hmm. Those who stay, knowing what it feels like to come up short. Mm -hmm. Those who are acquainted with sorrow. And he says, theirs is the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, blessed are you when people revile you. Blessed are those who are trashed on earth, for they will be treasured in heaven. And then we see the parallel woes that he mm-hmm. pronounces. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes through like,
0: I mean, actually, it goes through like parallel, like it's literally, literally parallel, literally. What? And he, I, I just have to sort of highlight some mm-hmm. of those woes. Woes who are rich, for you have received your consolation. He's like, you want your reward? There's your reward. Your your riches. Uh, woe to you who are full now, um, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep, and woe to you when all people speak well of you, so their fathers did to the false prophets. Right. And there so there's
1: this like, you could, you could get your best life now. You want your best life you right now? Your best life now. But here's what I'm saying. Ooh! Oh, this is not your best life. This ain't your best life, honey. The kingdom of God has come to turn things upside down and what we will receive mm, mm, when mm, Jesus mm. comes and sets all things right is richer than anything. Come on now. You're actually going to receive in this little space right here. Come on now. So you can you can fill yourself up now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you fill yourself up now, you're not gonna be hungry for what's to come in the kingdom.
0: Ooh, wee. Bars. So many bars. <laughs> Oh gosh, so many bars Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, this is rich. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we see these marching orders coming after he proclamates these he makes yeah, these, these proclamations markers, of right? these family markers. Yeah, this is who you are. And this these are family these identity. Are
1: the these are this is, these are the character markers of my family.
0: Yes, and yes. And
1: then is, right? And then is marching orders. And okay, then, so mm. now you know that if you have these character markers, you are my
0: family. And mm-hmm. so now here is what I want you to do. I want you to be merciful is what he begins to articulate as the marching orders come out. He is flushing out he is flushing out mm-hmm. those beatitudes that character that he has highlighted prior and he's saying it's rooted in mercy it's in in verse 36 he says be merciful even as your father is merciful so when we're talking about loving your enemies you can't love your enemies without knowing that you are you were once an enemy of god Girl and if you if you can have that awareness then you you feel the weightiness just like what we were talking about earlier the holiness of god mm. that 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 his holiness goes one way to to make us clean we can't make ourselves clean we're talking about the holiness of god and so you we need we we need the mercy of God and as we receive the mercy of God in our lives daily moment by moment now he's saying you're able to love your enemies same thing when it comes to judging others he is he is uh explaining this so clearly about um uh uh judging others and understanding that the measure that you use your judgment it will be measured back to you and so some, sometimes it will, i know in many circles people have misinterpreted this passage mm-hmm. of um verse 30 uh, verse thirty six: Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. And, but and here's the thing, though, you what we got to understand is that, that he was not talking about no ducats. Okay, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, in urban black language, ducats is money. Jesus was not talking about no ducats. Jesus was talking about um, mercy and grace. For one another, as we engage with one another, and when we see our brothers and sisters falling into um to, to sin, that is what he's saying. And so he's like, Listen, you, you ain't got no place to condemn, you ain't got no place to, to judge because you have been, which is what we're saying, mm-hmm. you have been extended mercy yeah. yourself. Yeah. And then he begins to talk about this parable. And after the parable, he's going back to talking about um, not the fact that you can clean yourself up and you can be a good tree. He's not, I've even heard that misinterpreted that let's just all be good trees. Honey, there is no good tree mm. amongst us mm. outside of Jesus Christ, which he is making known through his word and his authority as the Son of God and Son of Man. And so, in that, he's saying, I'm not. So Speaking to you, trying to be a good tree. I'm trying to expose you to the fact that your heart is in need of the fruit that I provide. Your heart is in need of the fruit that I provide. And that good treasure that he's talking about is Jesus Christ, which takes us to verses 46 through 49. And he says, Listen, where is your house being built? Mm -hmm. I am the rock. And so that's where we end on chapter six. Mm
1: -hmm. Bars, nothing else to say.
0: Girl, Jesus keeps just going deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. as he's equipping the disciples, as he's equipping disciples. He's saying like, yo, like this is not just um, a character space, but you got to go to your heart and your heart reveals what your treasure is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just inviting you to embrace me as your treasure. I'm your treasure. Yeah. Treasure your treasure, y'all. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now.
1: And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is TheUrbanChristianWoman.com.
0: So, Leah, we had about 40 minutes. <laughs> have mercy, King Jesus. Tell I mean, us there, our big takeaway. I know, I'm like, <laughs> have we not
1: taken away the takeaways by now? There is so much here. It that, is. I mean, y'all are probably literally, your buckets are full. Your buckets if are full. If you're anything like our me. Our buckets are full. Yeah. If you're anything like me, your buckets are full right now. Mm. And so, here is, here is where we walk it out from there. We see that word and authority mm. is where God's power shows up. To, so he's got the word and he's got the authority. Mm-hmm. When it's those two things showing up together, we know that it is
0: authentic mm. and a God-sanctioned moment. Yeah, yeah. And because Christ is sent from God, um, he has the authority of God demonstrated through miracles to be Lord mm-hmm. of our lives. Did you say Lord?
1: hmm I Because, did. I, I mean, that's... That is where I feel like for me, probably the greatest takeaway is, mm-hmm. is that, right? We were talking about Peter. Yes, ma'am. Going from seeing him as master, as a, as a great teacher, mm-hmm. as somebody who got some real witty things to say,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to Lord, the one who has power and authority and sits on the throne to direct my
0: life. Mm-hmm. So we see the implications spiritually of Jesus being Lord through word and authority, yeah. right? And that authentic God-sanctioned moment, as you're as you're speaking mm-hmm. of, Leah. Talk to us about the implications personally. Ooh, yeah. We could we could yeah. keep going on. These I know. Right I'm here.
1: like, there's. I mean, he uses these failed toilings of Peter that he where where he shows up and he comes to us in that same way, meets us in our failed toils, mm-hmm. in our needs, mm-hmm. in far greater ways Mm -hmm. than we could ever think so that we Mm -hmm. go from calling him master to lord Mm -hmm. that we we talk about this one way holiness we cannot taint the holiness of god jesus comes towards you and his cleanness will affect you not the other way around Mm -hmm. and there is a i think also there's an element of just Seeing these little glimpses of these moments. They're so brief in the passage, but they speak to such an extensive time mm-hmm. where Jesus pulls away and has extended times of solitude mm-hmm. and prayer in his life. Mm-hmm. And is that showing up in our lives? Mm-hmm. Are we prioritizing? He's modeling it. He's modeling it for right, us. Right,
0: right. Mm-hmm. Are we prioritizing
1: these regular extended times of solitude mm-hmm. and prayer with God?
0: Mm-hmm
1: and then lastly like the this upside mm. down way of the kingdom which shows up in every way this trusting in the ways of God's kingdom, it's not this shallow way that we are used to, but it calls us into the deep. Mm. It calls us into the deep places. Just as Jesus called Peter to throw his net out into mm-hmm. the deep, he was fishing in the
0: shallow end yeah. because that's what they did. And just as he even called the disciples, he keeps going deeper and deeper, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's saying, hey, here it is. This is the character that I'm calling you to have, but how do you receive that character? Through mercy. Well, yeah. well." well What is mercy? It Mm -hmm. is understanding that you can't have the mercy of of God without the mercy of Christ. And Mm -hmm. how do I how do I receive that? Well, through through a call of repentance, okay. It it just keeps layering on top of itself and to know that I am your treasure. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as you treasure me, then you're able to pour that out Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and share. Yes. And, model. and model and serve. Yeah.
1: And I feel like that that hits on our sort of social and cultural implications as well. There's this pouring out um, towards others of mercy when we've received mercy. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask us, like, what posture do we need to take with those that don't agree with us on everything socially and culturally? Like, we're in that moment right now. Mm-hmm. And so what can we, now that we know the character markings of the family, what can we How are we taking those marching orders of mercy out to the street where we go, where we work, where we are engaged um, intellectually, practically? Mm -hmm. How can we do that Mm -hmm. with what God has commissioned us?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, versus uh, you're talking about the, the cultural and social implications. Um, the, the question is, what of the house of God? Are we the ones that hear and do? Mm-hmm. Are we the ones who hear the voice of God? In particular, he talks about this, and um, and I just want to read it before we before we wrap up it. But in chapter six, verses forty six through 49, it says, Why do you call me, Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building his house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock and he talks about the floods coming and, and turmoil happening and um, uh, the house that was not built on the rock fell quickly because as the stream broke against it, it immediately fell and the ruin was great but those who have the rock as their foundation man, God holds us steadfast and securely and so mm-hmm. are, you, are we as women are we the ones who hear the voice of God when he calls out to us And we hear him and we do. Or are we the ones who are um, being, uh, when when trials come, we just fall to the wayside. So Leah, pray for Mm -hmm. us today around all that we have taken in from chapter 5 and 6. My goodness. Yeah, God so is so yeah. God is
1: so kind. Father, we thank you for that kindness that you have shown to us in your word. We thank you that you are um, just ever-present, showing up not only in your living word, but in our lives. Mm-hmm. Lord, you have shown us that you have power and authority, yes, that you act through your word in our lives to change mm-hmm. and transform. Yes, and so, Lord. would you posture us now to call you the Lord? Would you posture us now to submit to your authority in Mm -hmm. our lives, to see that that authority is good, that it pours out holiness to us and mercy to us so that we would be um, not only vessels of mercy, but but conduits of mercy as Mm -hmm. well, where we walk, where we work, where we play, all of that. Lord, you have called us and we will say yes. We will drop everything Mm -hmm. and follow you. Mm -hmm. And so root these words in our heart. Until we meet again, you're faithful. You're faithful. Mm -hmm. We love you, Lord.
0: Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.